consistently uploading podcasts. Brother Zario has been faithfully doing that for many, many years now. If you've ever went and listened to a podcast or went back and listened to one, you should be thanking Brother Zario. Um, I mean, he faithfully got it labeled, uploaded. He maintains all those accounts. He's got all that going on, and it just happens. And so thank you. Over 25,000 listens to the different messages on the podcast. It's significant. We have one lady that if we don't post it, she's reaching out asking what happened, what's going on, did you guys not record the service, what's, lives in another part of the state. And so we've got a couple of people like that actually. And we have people that have listened in multiple parts of the world, it surprises when he shares his statistics with me. It just boggles my mind. So, yeah, Australia, Italy, Russia, Spain, just different places that we hear of all across the U.S. Just the Lord knows. The Lord knows. Amen. So, last night, um, when we gathered for prayer here, uh, we prayed specifically, as you know, at one point, we prayed specifically regarding um, those that came out of or were birthed in ministry. Uh, Bishop shared a few things in reference to Azusa Street and the many that came out of Azusa Street. And how just a few years later, in 1913, 14, around there, um, at Arroyo Seco Campground in Los Angeles, there was the revelation of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And um, it was shared, and it became what was known at that time as the new issue. Everyone was beginning to, or many were beginning to embrace the message of baptism of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That was a product of Azusa Street. It was seven to nine years later, I believe. I, my numbers are off maybe a little bit. But in 1913-14 when the idea of baptism in Jesus' name was shared, and it was a simple statement where the minister at that camp said, you know, the disciples all baptized in the book of Acts in the name of Jesus. And ministers began to get revelation. And upon receiving revelation, some baptized one another in the name of Jesus. And it began to spread and it became known as the new issue among those that were calling themselves apostolic, having come out of Azusa Street and those outpourings of the Holy Ghost. And so this topic of how baptism should take place was the new issue. And it became a point of division because so many for so long had held to the Nicene formula, if you will, from the Council of Nicaea, the Trinitarian formula, 
of not baptizing in the name, but rather baptizing in the titles of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And what we felt last night, Bishop shared, him and I had been talking earlier in the week, and there was just a quickening. Um, on Sunday, there was an elderly gentleman here. Many of you may remember in the second service that we're here. There was an elderly gentleman here named Roger Ryan, and he lives down in the lower valley. And he came because he was trying to get his caretaker to a church. His caretaker happened to be the cousin of Emily, Sister Friday's granddaughter that received the Holy Ghost and was baptized just a few weeks ago. Now, his caretaker is not related to Sister Friday, but related to Emily. She was visiting Emily earlier in the week or earlier in the weekend. And Emily said, you should come to church with me. Well, she told Roger, the one she was caring for in the lower valley, and he wanted to come with her to make sure she came. I think I don't know the whole story there, but they both came with her daughter. And the Spirit of the Lord ministered to them greatly in a powerful way. There was a work of the Holy Ghost um, that proceeded even before they arrived. And I, I don't have time or feel liberty right now to go into that, but the Lord was doing something before the service uh, in the night and dealing with hearts. And so they came and this man lifted his hands and worshiped during the service. He's probably in his late 70s at best, maybe early to mid 80s and wept and worshiped. And the spirit of the Lord really touched him. Different ones prayed with him as he sat here right behind where Sister Priscilla is. God ministered to him. I talked with him after service, and he shared that he made this statement to me. He said, this is so wonderful to me. He said, I walked outside, and it's raining outside. He said, I came back in and sat down. This was after service. He had done that, and he came back in and sat down. He said, I have been in a long dry place he said but today it's not only raining outside it's raining in here and I'm no longer dry he said I'm no longer dry he expressed it's been so long since I felt the spirit like this. You see how we take for granted. The presence of God. I feel it right now. There are hungry hearts everywhere. He began to tell me. He just felt the need. He began to tell me of a pastor in the lower valley in Hera who was sick. And as a result, was the church was now in need of a pastor and was working to find one. It's an assembly of God church. He shared the name of the pastor. When I shared it with Bishop, when I was talking with him Sunday night or Monday, Bishop said, I know that name. It's the same name. From when my family lived down there in Heron, went to church down there. 
and the Lord had been dealing with Bishop about these things regarding people revisiting the new issue. People that had had a revelation of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues, but when the new issue came, they rejected it. And the Spirit of the Lord causing them to revisit. It's going to have to be the Spirit of the Lord. It would cause them to revisit what they rejected. The Assemblies of God had a meeting shortly after the new issue became a significant thing. And one-third of the ministers said, we're not going to continue to accept baptism in the titles. And that one-third of ministers got up and walked out of the Assembly of God meeting. And ultimately became the formation of oneness apostolic movements in the United States. And so we begin to pray, and the Holy Ghost really led us as we begin to pray for the Spirit of the Lord to move on hearts to revisit, to go back and look. And I made this statement last night, and it, I know that was a long intro. You're going, why do we have a pencil and paper again? I made this statement last night, and it has not left me, that everyone should be able to walk someone through Scripture regarding baptism in the name of Jesus. Everyone should be able to take someone to seven or eight scriptures and let them see. Now, let me say this. It has to come. Brother Zario didn't know I was going to share this, but he shared the result of their Bible study last night. And he said the revelation came to Israel. We share the scriptures but only God can bring revelation. We share the word, but only God can bring revelation. All right? We are not responsible for revelation. We're responsible for sharing what the Holy Ghost gives us to share and leads us to share. Now, if we go into a Bible study... Or into a meeting, we should go in prayerful. Praying for the spirit of revelation to be at work. You know, Jesus in Luke 24 walked on the road to Emmaus. And he opened the understanding of those men about the scriptures, the Bible says. Then he opened their understanding. We read at the end of Luke 24 that when Jesus is speaking to his disciples, it says he opened their understanding Regarding the scriptures. That is a work of the spirit of God. To open someone's understanding. I can tell you. Not proudly. I have worked at times. To convince people with scripture. And there may be certain times. And places and situation. Where that becomes part. The scripture says that Apollo. Mightily convinced the Jews. That Jesus was the Christ. And that word there, convince, is to persuade. But the revelation of the need to be baptized in the name of Jesus is just that, a revelation. And so I want us, the reason I ask you to have a piece of paper, is because I want to walk through a few scriptures that I would lead someone through. Now, 
You do not have to do it the way I do it. Matter of fact, you probably won't. And I'm going to tell you, it's probably going to be a little different with every individual I'm talking to, depending on what the Holy Ghost is doing. But you should be able to walk through scriptures. And I'll tell you a secret that I have used. I, I don't use it so much anymore. I used it early on, but it's become now they, they're just sort of registered in here, believe it or not. Is I would know a scripture I was always going to start at. And then beside that scripture, I would write the next scripture I was going to go to in my Bible. And then when I'd get to that next scripture, I'd write beside it the next scripture I was going to. Right. So if I had this subject on baptism, I started in one scripture and then I saw a scripture beside it. I knew that was scripture number two. Does that make sense? I just put notes for myself. All right. So don't don't fall into the trap that, well, I got to memorize all this. No, you don't. A short pencil is better than a long memory. Somebody once told me. So that was my pastor in Missouri. A short pencil is better than a long memory. So you have paper tonight and you have a pen or pencil. So let's get started. I always like to start at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. And I'm not going to try to explain why I do it the way I do it too much tonight. I'm going to try to just walk through, okay? Because the reality is if, I'm, if I know I'm sitting down and having a Bible study with someone about baptism, I'm probably going to do it in 30 minutes. Now, the Holy Ghost may take longer away, but I, we have to trust the Scripture. We have to trust the Word of God. So 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 is where I usually like to start. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you've received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So those two verses declare we are saved by the gospel. So that's important. We're saved by the gospel if we keep it in memory. Verse 3, then Paul tells the gospel, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So we are saved by the gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial. Everybody say the burial. I want you to remember the burial. And the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would say something just like that in a Bible study. Remember the burial. Okay. Now, what's a verse you think of when you think about baptism? Huh? I heard Acts 2.38. Yep. John 3.5. What else? Acts 4.12. Anybody else got a scripture you really think about when you think about baptism? Yes. Mark 16.16. 16. All right. So... I like to start at the one that most people try to avoid. That's right, Sister Sandra <laughs> and Sister Priscilla. I like to start at Matthew 28. Why do people try to avoid that one? Yeah, 
I like to start at Matthew 28, 18. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It's the first gospel. The first re- so we have Matthew. We have the last words of Christ recorded by Matthew. In verse 18, and Jesus came and Jesus spake. Jesus came and Jesus spake unto them. Who is them? Who's them? The disciples. We agree? Jesus is speaking to the disciples. This is the end of his time on earth just before he ascends. Jesus came. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. That's important. And this is what he said. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Notice he said, baptize them in the name. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. There is a name. Verse 20. Teaching them. This is a continuation of what he commanded. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So Jesus said there should be baptism in the name. To his disciples. Go to the book of Mark. Chapter number 16. This is the last chapter of Mark. The last recorded words of Jesus in Mark. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Jesus is speaking, and he said unto them, who's them? His disciples. He's speaking to his disciples. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. There's that word saved again. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Mark 16, verse 15 and 16. What comes after Mark? Luke. I then like to go to the book of Luke. Chapter 24. Sort of see a pattern here. I just keep going to the end of each gospel. Now, it doesn't work with John if you're thinking that. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic gospels, so they're different than John's gospel. So when you're bored, go look up the word synoptic, and you'll understand all that. So uh, Luke 24, verse 46, or 45. I like to start with verse 45, actually. Luke 24 and 45 through... Uh, I like 45 through 49. 
Then opened he their understanding. That's what we were just talking about earlier. That they might understand the scriptures. I pray an opening of understanding. In the name of Jesus Christ. I pray an opening of understanding. In our valleys. Through our valleys. An opening of understanding. That men and women might understand the scriptures. I pray in our own lives an opening of our understanding where we do not yet have understanding in Scripture. We don't have it all figured out yet. I don't think there's a one of us here that would raise our hand and say, I have all understanding in all Scripture. We need the Holy Ghost to continue. This is why the Scripture says the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth. It's an opening of understanding, revelation. So he opened their understanding. That's the first thing that has to happen. Verse 46, and he said unto them, who's them? The disciples. You say, why do you keep repeating that? Because if I'm teaching someone, I want them to have that. I want them holding on to that. Okay, Jesus said it, and Jesus said it to his disciples. He said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. That sounds a lot like what we read at the beginning in 1 Corinthians, right? The gospel. It behooved Christ. It was necessary for him to do this, to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day. Verse 47, and that repentance and remission of sins. Everybody say remission of sins. How do you get remission of sins? I want you to think about that. That's a question right there. Remission and, or repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. Among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. Until ye be endued with power from on high. So these are the last three recorded words of Jesus. By Matthew, Mark and Luke. And he was speaking to his disciples in each one. All right. And he spoke of baptism in two. And he spoke of remission of sins in one. And all of them he spoke of a name. Okay, Acts chapter number 2. We are now in Jerusalem. Jesus Christ has already ascended. It is now his disciples that are teaching and preaching whatever he has taught them for three and a half years. It is now the day of Pentecost. It is 50 days after Passover. The Apostle Peter is standing up with the eleven. All of that's in Acts chapter 2. We're not going to read the whole chapter. The Apostle Peter is standing up with the other eleven. The disciples. Remember the ones Jesus talked to at the end of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They are standing there. Verse 36. Acts 2, 36 through 38. Acts 2 and 36. Peter is preaching. Jesus told him, go into all the world and preach. He's preaching. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They were pricked in their heart because they had crucified Jesus, who Peter is telling them was the Messiah. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, notice, they ask Peter and the rest of the apostles. 
This isn't a one-man interpretation. The other apostles were there. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be what? Baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for what? The remission of sins. We just read in Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples remission, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name beginning at Jerusalem. Peter is preaching repentance and remission of sins in Jerusalem. He preached how remission of sins come. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or removal, washing away of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Mark said you got to believe and be baptized to be saved. Jesus said that. Mark recorded it. Peter said you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. So I ask the question, Peter and the apostles are standing there. Peter declares to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Did he misunderstand what Jesus said that Matthew recorded in, verse, in Matthew 28, 19? Or did Peter and the apostles all understand what Jesus said? And the preaching of the message to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of Matthew 28 and 19. I believe undoubtedly it's the fulfillment. So let's look in the book of Acts and see how the... We now see what the apostles and Peter preached regarding baptism and the name. Let's now see what they actually did. Okay. Acts chapter number 8. And verse number 12. We find Philip now in Samaria. Philip is a disciple. Philip is preaching. Acts 8 and verse number 12, the people of Samaria, but when they believed, they are the people of Samaria, when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. And then I skip, and some people will say, well, it says they were baptized, but it doesn't say how. No, no, really, you're going to get this, and that's okay. We're not to be argumentative. Remember, revelation. We just share the word. So I go from verse 12 down to verse 16. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So Philip, who must have learned from the Christ Christ, 
and or the disciples is also baptizing in the name of the Lord Jesus. And if you look at the verses before that, Peter and John had come down and begin to pray for them. All right. So we see some we see recorded history of people being baptized actually happening in the name of the Lord Jesus. I then go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse 44 through 48. We are now in Caesarea. We are in a Gentile's house named Cornelius. Peter has come because an angel appeared to Cornelius. Cornelius was a God-fearing man that prayed always. An angel appeared to him. And said, go to Joppa and ask for Peter. He'll come to your house and he'll tell you what you ought to do. So Cornelius did so. Peter is now in Cornelius' house with his family and friends that are gathered there. And verse 44, Peter has been preaching for a while. Verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. That's the Jews. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know this? Verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Watch. Then answered Peter. Peter had an answer to them receiving the Holy Ghost. He had an answer to them receiving the Holy Ghost. Then answered Peter. Verse 47. Can any man forbid water? that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded, everybody say commanded. He commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Most translations say he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 19. So now we see another example where people were told to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 19. Just a few more verses. Verse 1 through 5. Acts 19, 1 through 5. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. So now we have Paul. Paul is in Ephesus. He's talking to disciples, people that are believers. He said unto them, verse 2, to these believers, these disciples, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. That made Paul ask another question. Verse 3. He said to them, Unto what then were you baptized? See, Paul connected something to the fact they haven't received the Holy Ghost. And he went to baptism. And they said to John's baptism. So they had been baptized, but just by John to repentance. Verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, 
which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. Verse 5, watch. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Believers that had already been baptized. But when they heard this, the Lord opened their understanding through the Apostle Paul's ministry. And when their understanding was opened, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Revelation came to them. They responded to the revelation. Now. There, there are many other scriptures you could read. But again. Those are the ones I walk through. Okay. Now. I do like to go. Here's just a few more verses I finish with. Acts 22 and 16 is one of my favorite. And really it's probably wise to read verse 14 through 16. Acts 22, 14 through 16. And me personally, I like reading those three verses in the Amplified. Uh, it's no less powerful in the King James. I just like them in the Amplified. Acts twenty two fourteen says, And he said, this is Paul speaking, He said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will. And to progressively understand his plan with clarity and power. And to see the righteous one, Jesus Christ the Messiah. And to hear a message from his own mouth. For you will be his witness to all men testifying of what you have seen and heard. Now, why do you delay? Verse 16. Get up and be baptized. And wash away your sins by calling on his name for salvation. King James in verse 16 says, And now why tarriest thou arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So again, we see the tie to the remission of sins and baptism as well. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Now. I finish. Sort of where we started. Romans chapter 6 and 3, and you'll understand this statement in a second. Last two places in Scripture. Romans 6 and verse 3 and 4. Romans 6 and 3. Know ye not, or do you not know, that so many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Remember those first verses we read in 1 Corinthians 15? The gospel saves us the death, the burial, and the resurrection. We are buried with him by baptism. And then finally, Colossians 2 and 11 and 12. Colossians 2, 11 and 12. 
Now you see what I meant by finishing where we started. Colossians 2, 11 and 12 says, In whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12, buried with him in baptism. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is the application of the burial part of the gospel in our life. We are buried with him. We're buried in his name. And every example in Scripture where someone was baptized, it was in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen? And so, it's important. It's important that we can walk through the Scriptures and share those things and know what we believe and why we believe it. And then we trust and pray and believe that the spirit of revelation will come to those that hear. I said at the beginning, I'll say it again. Stand with me, please. I'm guilty at times of trying to convince people. We must trust the scripture. It's not our responsibility to convince anyone. But if we cover a situation in prayer and pray for revelation and understanding. We can share these few scriptures. Or your own that you also there's many more. There's many more. We share these scriptures regarding baptism and we can believe that revelation and understanding comes. Now I've watched people who have been baptized just because they got told and they said okay now I don't that's good but it's far more powerful when they get revelation that they're being buried with Christ their fleshly hearts being circumcised in the water their sins are being washed away by the blood of the lamb amen praise God God seal this word in our heart lead us to souls that are hungry Lead us to souls that are hungry. Let your spirit of revelation and understanding work through the ministry of your people in the body of Christ. Help us to know the scripture. Help us to apply the scripture. Help us to share the word of God. You've prayed for the world. You prayed for those that would believe through our word. You've already prayed for them, Lord. I pray revelation come. Revelation throughout these valleys. Revelation and understanding as the people of God. As we seek to declare your word in humility but boldness. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
In the name of Jesus, remove blindness from the mind. Open the heart to receive. And let revelation so speak. In Jesus' name. Now, how many of you think you could sit down with somebody at a coffee shop or in your living room and walk them through the word like that? You can do it, can't you? We can do it. If we'll cover it in prayer, the word of God will stand on its own. We are not responsible for the result of the seed. We're responsible to sow it and to cover it in prayer. That's watering it. God gives the increase. God gives the increase. There is a great harvest in these valleys. There is a great harvest in the earth. Let's pray. Let's teach our children these things. Our children should be able to do this once they're old enough to find scriptures in the Bible. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. You're just don't forget. Sunday morning. In the 930 service. Uh, Bishop and Sister Wright will be with us ministering. We will cool it down as much as we possibly can in here because we figure it might be a full house. Um, and that's okay. I think we're okay with that now. Um, service will start at 930. Okay, because Bishop Wright is going to head from here to Union Gap. So we will start at 930. And I'm waiting on the Holy Ghost. Uh, please come early. Find a place of prayer. Either up here or in the prayer room or both. Um, avail yourself to prayer. Don't let anything distract you. And uh, we may even just start with prayer and then turn it right to Bishop Wright. We'll just see what the Holy Ghost wants to do. So come expecting. And uh, we're thankful that he's here. And uh, look forward to what God will do. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you're a single young adult, I'd like to visit with you right up here for a minute, please.